0: The Ryan and Rush show is brought to you by Vision Homes. If you're looking to build a home in North Central West Virginia, visit askvisionhomes.com. Vision Homes building you a house you're proud to call home. And don't forget to subscribe to the Ryan and Rush show, but don't take our word for it, take Coach Neilan's. Hi, this is Coach Don Neilan and you're watching the Ryan and Rush show. Please subscribe. <music> And we welcome you into another edition of the Ryan and Rush Show, your source for West Virginia sports. Uh, it was a tough game against Radford. The, the struggle, the pain continues for this West Virginia team. No breaks are given, but like we talked about on the show, no one feels sorry for them either. Uh, we have Toledo tomorrow, short turnaround before the holiday break begins and a bowl game next week for the West Virginia football team. Uh, Ryan, let's dive into this, this Radford game a little bit. I know it's tough, but a game which they shot when went over 10 from three pointers in the first half finished four for 21 11 for 17 free throws, got out rebounded 46 to 38 and offensive rebounds out rebounded uh 12 to six. I know it was a close game. I know the opportunities were there. I know West Virginia should have won this game, but you're not going to win games playing like that with those statistics.
1: No, it, you can't. And we just got out rebounded by UMass the game before by 15. So It's these guys got to look at themselves in the mirror and the lack of toughness is the reason they have dropped these last two games. It's, it's not, it's not X's and O's right now. It's, it's the will to win, not getting 50, 50 balls, not uh, getting out rebounded. You can't get out rebounded by Radford by almost 10 and and all due respect to Radford. Darius has a really good team, but you play in the big 12, they play in the big South. You have better athletes than them. You should never get out rebounded by Radford and you shouldn't get pounded on the glass by UMass by 15. Everybody agrees with that in that locker room, but they, somebody's got to do something about it. I, I know Jesse Edwards is out, but that doesn't give an excuse. People have stepped up in the past in this program. When a guy goes down, it needs to happen here again. Offensively, I think we're fine, but it's the it's the intangibles right now that we're, is the reason why we're on the short end of the stick right now. Losing 50-50 balls, not rebounding, Miss assignments and unfortunately timely missed free throws, uh, especially at the end of that Radford game.
0: So Jesse Edwards being out, obviously a big point to this team and we'll get to obviously his effect here in a second is obviously to make it clear, we want Jesse Edwards in there. He's a big body. He opens up what you're able to do on the offensive and defensive end. You know, it's, it's, it's basketball. It's a tall man's game. You, you need someone like Jesse out there. However, Without Jesse being in the lineup, and we talked about this, Ryan, it opens the the offense, the it for for faster play. We saw it. It was the it was the Noah and Raekwon show, and dang, we'll we'll talk about them here. Those those guys can ball. It was fast pace. It 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 showed more of an identity. And we're not saying that the identity of this program now is with Jesse being out. Is obviously when Jesse gets in there. It, what it does is it opens up the floor for other people. So now Jesse isn't getting a double and triple team to every play. So then Jesse can go back and play his game because now the concern is on the defensive end for the other team. Oh, we got it. Where's Noah? Where's Raquan? Where's Quentin? You know, where's Kerr? So it's, it definitely opens it up. So there is a positive about this. Obviously, we want Jesse back. We're not saying we're better without Jesse. It just there is now in a reliance on other people. And hopefully they get going so that when Jesse is gets back inserted into this lineup, you know, he's not getting triple teamed every play and just hacked. The reason why, while Jesse's able to get up and more of a positive note for this episode, Ryan, is like I just said, it was the no end Raquan show, especially Raekwon. Welcome back, guys. I mean, I, I I know we couldn't get this one done. And I know there were times where it was sloppy and, you know, they're getting back into it. And I went over the statistics right there is there's also time like we need some of those shots to go in. We need to be better productive. Better production is um on offense especially from the three-point right but i'll tell you what is watching towards the very end that was a fun game to watch it was a very like we've been waiting for this ryan this is this is an, a, a team with more of an identity fast pace and while obviously we don't like the result of it at least now we're there, there's something we're getting with this and i know you know when you don't have a whole team you got to slow it down you got to you know, call timeouts, give people rest, and and that sort of thing. But at least we're over that hump now, and have it and we have an identity around this team finally.
1: Yeah, I, I we got guys that can make shots and push the ball in transition. Um, like you said, Kerr, Kerr's good with the ball as well. Too sloppy the other night, in my opinion, though. Four turnovers, can't. That's too many for Kerr. He's better than that. So, yeah. um, and, and obviously, we need more than three points from him uh Raekwon and Noah show flashes now the other aspect of it like yes they're very good offensively those guys have got to be way way better defensively and, mm-hmm. and that's kind of been my theme of of this episode is it, it, giving up on too many plays not not staying in front of the ball those guys are clearly athletically gifted um but I, I thought there were too many defensive lapses and then we also need some more from the front court but yeah I mean the identities going to become clear here where we're going to play through probably Raekwon and, and Noah in, in the open court. Those guys are explosive. Um, and and Kerr pushing the ball as well. And obviously, Kobe Johnson did not play the other night. Um, that's between him and Josh, according to Josh the Presser. We need Kobe. Um, we could have used Kobe at the end of the game as a defensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, we couldn't get a stop. We couldn't stay in front of anybody. When we're up two, we let, let them straight line drive us for two free throws. We need a stop after Raekwon missed a free throw. Nobody was there to stay in front of the ball. Um, Kobe's our best defensive player on the roster, so I, I whatever happened uh, obviously needs to get resolved, and we, we got to get Kobe back in there because he's by far our most versatile defensive player on the roster.
0: So I completely agree with we need obviously Kobe back in the roster and other players to step up defensively. Obviously, when it comes down to Big Twelve season, February, March, Big Twelve. 12- play you know postseason basketball if we get to that point you know we'll figure that one out later is it all comes down to what team can make a stop right completely agree there i also understand like we make the joke about iowa state right is their their best offense is their defense i get it from the reverse end with this team with especially like raekwon and noah if the best defense is their offense like if they want to outscore players like i'm fine if they want to play that way but the problem is, is, you're right, is if these, if you're going to go four for 21 from three-pointer line, well, then you better be backing it up on the defensive end. But if you want to go 10 for 21 from three-point line, then it's like, okay, you can be, there, there, there's more opportunity to be a little lackadaisical on the defensive end. And I know we don't want any situation where they're lackadaisical on the defensive end, especially, you know, the Bob Huggins way of playing basketball, but people are going to be more understanding we're we're not going to talk about oh the defense didn't step up again the defense didn't stop again we'll we'll talk about outscoring the team and that's that's one way to play but you just you got to pick which side you're going there you either got to make shots or you got to I don't know if you got to go to zoner I I I don't or just like you said just toughness maybe it isn't at this point about the x's and o's clearly it's not Raekwon is a stud. that guy is that guy is unbelievable and hey good for Josh good for Patch Morsey, good for all these guys getting him, you know, eligible, and you see why they put up such a fight because you know he he's incredible. And hey, it, it created a domino effect to get Noah out there, which is which is awesome too. But the the shots have got to go in. Obviously, I love Raekwon being out there too, but you also got to finish the game with those two free throws. Like that's yeah. that's that's also why you're kind of in this mess too. It's I'm not obviously Raekwon's what kept us in the game, 29 points, but it's also like we need you to finish the game. So it's not obviously all the game blame on Raekwon. Actually, there's a lot of more blame to go around, but you got to finish, man. Like you need that 30, you need that 31 points. So,
1: Yeah. And, and to counter your point, like I I know people are are saying we want, we want to just outscore people now and and Raekwon's great, but, the teams that we're about to start playing. Kansas has about three or four of those guys. Houston has sure. two or three of those guys. Baylor, we've seen those guards. Uh Oklahoma's rolling. BYU, uh, Texas, Texas Tech, K-State. They all got three, four of those guys. We, we you you can't just come not play defense in the Big 12. You're gonna get I absolutely agree. slaughtered. So, yes, I I like playing fast. Um, kind of like TCU does. TCU plays extremely fast they can't make a jump shot to save their lives but they play so fast and put so much pressure on the rim with their guards like we're trying to do with Raekwon No and Kerr get downhill but TCU also is tougher than nails and they get every loose ball and they dominate you on the offensive glass you got to be able we got to be able to make some toughness plays to complement putting all this pressure on the rim getting downhill. If not, we're we're gonna get slaughtered in the Big Twelve, and and everybody knows that. Unfortunately, so yeah. we got to find a way to. I don't know how. I don't know how you get guys tougher. To be honest, I mean, I ten years ago, I know how you get guys tougher, but t- times have changed, obviously. And and Hugs and Izzo always talked about that with how they had to change their approaches with society changing. There was ways to get guys tougher. I don't know if you
0: could do it in this day and age. Sure, and and, and to clarify my. Take of it, and, and I know what you're saying with the outscoring is if you're not gonna. My only point is if you're not gonna step up on the defensive end, you better be shooting 50 from three and and making yeah. and making all your free throws. That that's my only like you got to choose one side or the other. You can't be kind of somewhere in the middle. But you know it's nice that they're playing bat, flat fast. We definitely saw a lot of great flashes, and the obviously the issue and what we talked about is it's too bad. You know this isn't starting the season. We're already kind of dug ourselves yeah. a nice big hole and. It's you, you just there's so little room for for flaws and and it just and we're here at this point. Uh we'll we'll kind of talk about the rest of these guys here and the role players coming up. I do want to make an important point about Coach Eilert, because I saw this going around on Twitter yesterday. And it and I know your 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 friends obviously with Josh, he's good friend of this show. I've gotten to know him too. So but I, I wanna make this point. From my end, Ryan, as someone that's kind of more on the, the outside of things, I know we kind of do the show and, you know, I me a lot of people, but like, you've been in it, you've been in the battlefield, you've been with those guys, someone that's kind of has a step back and kind of can see the bigger picture of things. What I might bring up might've been clickbait on, on the internet. Uh, it might've, someone might've been serious, but I do want to address it. So some people were talking about how we need an interim coach for the interim coach. And that is one of the most ridiculous things. I, I have ever heard. One, you already have an interim coach. It's it's the point, and maybe Josh isn't the guy. I understand. He also hasn't been given a full hand and he's been given every issue in the world, but maybe he's not. And, and that's you know, that's fine. It happens. It's nothing against Josh. It was a bad situation. We'll figure out Josh when as the season gets on and you know address that more. But we understand that he may not be the guy. We love Josh and hope everything, of course, works out and he does get the job, but maybe he doesn't. And and we're well aware that that's a very possible thing to happen but but to say hey let's actually get someone else in like are you kidding me with everything that Josh has been through this year not only this year but he went from he left his home state of Kansas to go with hugs to West Virginia worked his way up from assistant to video coordinator to basketball operations to assistant coach and now he's the interim head coach and this is what our some of our fan base. And I'm sure it's, you know, there's a few rotten apples in the bunch. Obviously this is who we're talking to. That's, that's your salute. Like you want a guy that's given everything to, to this program. You want to replace him with another short-term guy. One, what kind of message does that also send to other coaches that may eventually want to come to West Virginia or our administration? Like that is ridiculous. Yeah. Maybe it ends up being a tough year. We have to deal with it. You know, we'll, you know, it goes on from here. We'll get better. Things will get figured out. We're, we're a top 20 program all the time. It's West Virginia basketball. We got a great AD in there. These things will get figured out. But that's a slap in the face. And and it, it, if you're making points where Josh should be replaced by another interim, whatever opinions you have in sports or West Virginia sports, they're irrelevant because that that's – I, I really hope it's clickbait, Ryan, and people are just joking around because that well, – It's disgusting. So I wanted to make that clear. I'll step off my soapbox. We appreciate, you know, Josh Eilert and everything he's done and everything he's stuck through and everything he's given to this program, not just this year, but the decade plus leading up to this year. And guys, like, it's not like also they were coming out either saying, oh, we're about to go to March Madness and go undefeated and do this in Big 12 play. They set our expectations at a pretty reasonable level. Like, hey, guys, there's a lot of things we don't know yet. We, be patient with us. Come out, support. Like, it's about these guys that stuck around. And and that's what it is. And, yeah, we need to stick around these guys. I know it's hard to go to games, especially the way things are at now. I, I get that. It kills you almost inside as a fan. But, hey, when if you support them when you're down, then you have the right to support them when they're up. If you're only going to support them when they're up, then don't. Like, honestly, don't. We we, we we want the, the, the people that bleed gold and yellow, excuse me, gold and blue and and support this program through and through. So I yield my time to you, Ryan. I just, ha- I just had to rant about that for a second because it was disgusting to me.
1: Yeah. The, those are the people that get muted by me on, on, on social media. <laughs> They're idiots. Uh, I mean, Bob Huggins would not have this team playing any better with the circumstances. And – I mean, we all know what the circumstances are. He just had his best player play his first game, and his second best player is out with the hand injury, so he still has not had his full team yet. Um, Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're all disappointed. I would like to be around seven and four, six and five, but we're four and seven. But I, I, like I said, the record would be the exact same if Bob Huggins was coaching right now because of the circumstances. We're having to call timeouts the first nine games uh, against. Uh, quality opponents to, to rest guys because we couldn't get to the game because they didn't have any legs because we only had six guys. If you look at our schedule, man, we're, we play a real opponent every single time. And I talked about that in the preseason Radford is going to potentially win the big South Toledo might win the Mac Missouri state who we beat is also right there in the Missouri Valley. Uh, mom, going to be right there in the CAA. We're not playing TCU schedule. Go look at that schedule. If we had that schedule, We'd be eight and two, and everybody would be praising Josh. We're not playing Prairie View, Mississippi Valley State, Coppin State, LIU, and all those bums. We're playing real teams that have good, good, good programs, good coaches. And we, I mean, in hindsight, we screwed up on the schedule, but we didn't know the circumstances at the time. Of course. It, 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 with the team that we had at the time when we put the schedule together, it was the right schedule because it was going to challenge us. Make us ready for March. Make us ready for Big 12 play. But now looking back on it, yeah, I, everybody in that building, I'm sure, would be like, yeah, let me play the whole meak and Swack and pad my win totals and pad my records. I mean, come on, guys. What the hell are we talking about
0: here? And, and to clarify your comments, Ryan, too, because yeah. I can already see the comment section. Well, if Bob Huggins was here, we would have this player and that player. Yes, that's true. You're literally talking about if it was the exact situation. And – it's not even Bob Huggins. You could put John Wooden in there. You could put anyone yeah. in there, and the situation they're dealing with would most likely be the same. You're just talking about the exact same situation. You're not talking about if Huggins was here, the roster would be different in this. Obviously, we're just talking about the exact circumstances that Josh is facing yeah. right now. It's I it's worked tough. for Bob it's, Huggins for a decade. To, it would be the exact yeah.
1: same situation. Uh, if we yeah. had Frank Martin, who I also went to a Final Four with, it'd be the exact same situation. We had six guys. Al Perry, and, Wooden, yeah. anyone. Well, if, if, Jerry West, if it might be it might be two and eight. Uh, just kidding. Uh, but anyway, it's uh, <laughs> I like you look at you look across the landscape. Trey Mitchell playing his tail off at of Kentucky. Muhammad Wagi, big minutes at Alabama the other night against uh, Arizona and Purdue. He guarded both those big guys. Uh, Joe Tussauds, a starting point guard at Texas Tech. Those were all on our roster that Josh lost all those yeah. guys because of the circumstances. Then you add Kerr. Uh, who misses the first nine games because of the shenanigans at Arizona? I don't know how he still got nine games. Raquan Battle, and now Jesse Edwards is down. It's exact same circumstances. I understand it's a crap situation. A cook too. A cook. A cook goes down with, oh, yeah. with his medical condition. Like,
0: and he's still trying I'm to get. You, yeah,
1: like it, yeah. if if we had if we had our top six, then we could have won a couple more games. But it was we grinded it out with Kobe and Seth and Josiah, who were stepping into bigger roles for the first time ever in their careers. And honestly, they didn't play that bad. And Quince Leszczynski's played well. I know he disappeared the other night, but you also look at it. He played at Iona. This is a step up from a mid-major to a high-major, and he's having to play mm-hmm. 40 minutes and be the guy. I mean, it's everything is stacked against Josh. I know it sucks losing in Radford and Monmouth, but – it would have been the exact same for any other coach. Anybody that disagrees, you're wrong. I, you're wrong in this situation, man.
0: Yeah i I think we do. I was talking to you about this. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I actually, I'm hoping it from a fan side is something. I will say a little bit of a difference between Huggins and Josh in this would be, and like we might see it from Josh. I'm waiting for him to call that one timeout, where he just, just a bad call. It just explodes on the ref and. You know, we've seen that maybe issues a technical. We've seen it with hugs, but it lights a fire under the team. It lights a fire under under everyone in the, the stadium. And it's sometimes that's the thing that that match just spark that gets things rolling. So if there's one thing I would say from my perspective to be, I don't even want to say a criticism, is, you know, let's, let's, Josh, feel free. I mean, at this point, what do you have to lose? Really, what does this team have to lose? At this point, it's, hey, go out there one game at a time play your best, get some wins, you know, figure it out from there. You know, hopefully one win turns into two, turns into three, etc. But, hey, sometimes just let a ref have it because the officiating hasn't been too great either. We're not blaming the officials for this. There's obviously deeper things going on here, but a lot of questionable things, especially that Jesse Edwards uh, St. John's game. I'm still – anyway, I digress. Uh, we can all, only move forward. Yeah. All, all I ask – is for anybody that's sane out
1: there i i know some some people just want to they, they're they think we should win every game by 30 which is unrealistic but anybody that's actual sane and been a part of sports in their lives judges team from the umass game and on because that's when they actually had a oh, yeah. fighting chance yeah they're zero two they lost their starting big man but they're they're going to play better in big 12 play They're, they're going, they have to, their, their roles are going to be more defined. They're like, he's, he's trying to implement guys into the system that you want to do in September and October. But unfortunately it's December right now because of Mm -hmm. the circumstances. So judge his team at the end of the year, judge his job at the end of the year. If you're judging it right now, you're just, you're not realistic
0: and you're probably a miserable person. So that's all I got with that. Yeah. And it is what it is. We're, and we're both aware, you know, it may not work out for Josh, but Josh is a great guy. And wherever he ends up after this, whether it's here or somewhere else, it, it's meant to be. It's he's, he's a good dude. And wherever he ends up, he'll be very successful. But anyway, right. We do have a game tomorrow game before Christmas. It is the holiday season one o'clock tomorrow at the Coliseum versus Toledo. Talk about this Toledo team a little bit uh, as we kind of start to wind down this episode and, how West Virginia gets in that win column before Christmas.
1: Yeah. The theme of the non-con another good team and we still have Ohio state to play. So yeah, like I said, (laughs) we're not playing Cuffcake city like some of these other big 12 teams. Go look at, go look at everybody else's schedule and come back to me. And other than Kansas, tell me if there's a harder one out there. It's not even close, but uh, yeah, Toledo six and five on the year. Todd Kolanowski, or however you pronounce it, is a really good coach. He's been there forever. Last year was really their year. Um, last year they ran through the MAC, twenty-seven and eight. But unfortunately, we know when you win the regular season, sometimes March happens and you get upset in your conference tournament. Mm-hmm. So they went to the NIT. Um, we've had battles with these MAC teams, man. Akron, Kent State. Um, uh, they're always hard. Buffalo when they come here, but we've mm-hmm. even lost to the, multiple of them in the past. So this mm-hmm. is going to be another hard game. they got good guards. they got good size. They play hard. They're good on the defensive end. Um, I mean, sorry, the offensive end. They're more of an offensive explosive team. And unfortunately, they're coming off a loss where they got drilled by Vermont. And I didn't see that coming. They just beat Marshall the game before that. They're playing good basketball. This is kind of like that Drexel game, who's another good mid-major that we've played and going to be right in the mix of their league. Yeah. Um, Boundaries are going to have to play well. They're going to have to sit down and defend the bounce because Toledo's got really good guards. They can create their own shots like the Radford guards. So that, I think that's the key to the key to the game. Can we defend the bounce and make them make hard shots?
0: I like it. Don't overcomplicate it. Defend, yeah. m- make them make hard shots, make our easy shots. So sometimes just keep it simple, stupid, as they like to say. Get that oh, yeah. motivation yes. going <laughs> all there. And like we said, sometimes you just need this one win. Get the monkey off your back. You get that one win and it can trickle into two, three, you know, start big 12 playoff right uh, and, you know, take it from there. Obviously, we can't with the way this season's gone. You try to figure things out and predict things. We're in the situation where I just don't think we can do that anymore, Ryan, and we just take it one game at a time. But anyway, I digress. And this concludes another edition of the Ryan and Rush show again. Thank you everyone so much for your support. We love you so much, especially this holiday season. Merry Christmas to all of you. Happy Hanukkah, whatever holiday you may celebrate. Uh, we sin- sincerely appreciate you. We wish you and your family a, a great holiday season, a happy new year. Uh, a lot of we're working behind the scenes hard at the Ryan and Rush show. Uh, Ryan, we have had some conversations yeah. with a couple big people and 2024 is going to be a great, a great no, year no. for the Ryan and Rush show. So we'll obviously keep all of you updated. And because we're able to have a great year, it's because of all of you and your support. Again, we can't thank you all enough. Um, we really hope you have a great uh, se- the holiday season with your loved ones. If you have the opportunity to serve and give back and give charity to those who are less fortunate, obviously, we encourage you to do, to do so. But anyway, we love you all. Go get beat Toledo tomorrow. Get a win. Uh, we'll be back before the bowl game to preview the Duke's Mayo Bowl against North Carolina on Tuesday, the day after Christmas. But until then, let's go Mountaineers and Merry Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas. Go Mountaineers. See you guys in the new year.